Objective 4.5. Now that we know what we owe to the Internal Revenue Service or have owed to us, we now need to file our return in a timely manner. Let's look at the rules for individual and corporate taxpayers. Who must file? Well, taxpayers with gross income greater than the sum of the standard deduction and personal exemption, or any taxpayer with self-employment income exceeding $400. Which return? Well, individuals have three choices, the 1040A, the 1040EZ, but most of your clients will be filing the long form, the form 1040, because they will have business and investment income that necessitates the filing of the more complicated schedules to the return. When are the returns filed? Individuals, partnerships, fiduciary returns are going to be due by the 15th day of the fourth month of the next year. So since virtually every individual taxpayer's year ends on December 31st, that means April 15th, unless the taxpayer files an automatic six-month extension to October 15th. But do keep in mind, filing a return does not extend the deadline for payment. Then, corporations need to file by the 15th day of the third month after the close of their fiscal year. So, a June 30th fiscal year corporation files by September 15th. Let's now review some questions. Let's go to question one, which deals with head of household filing status. And it asks, is it allowed for unmarried individuals who are meeting specified marital status requirements under the code, support a household, and support a qualifying person within the meaning of the code? And that answer is yes. And do keep this filing status in mind if you are single because head of household status will result in lower liability than single filing status. How about two, married filing separately? Does that require each taxpayer to itemize deductions? It does, that's true. That seems like an, an innocuous statement, but there's a tax trap there. Because remember, if you're married filing separately, typically one spouse could have many more of the deductions than the other. And if the other spouse without the itemized deductions is consenting to married filing separately, she or he is left with the uh, itemized deductions for herself, and that may not be much. So if married files separately, only if you've done two calculations, married filing jointly and married filing separately, to assure yourself your tax liability has been minimized. Question three, is it possible for an individual to claim a dependent exemption without providing over one half of a qualifying relative support? Believe it or not, that is true. It's true in the case of adult children, none of whom is providing more than 50% of the support for a parent, but one of them is providing at least 10% or more, and the other children are consenting to one sibling's claiming mom or dad as the personal exemption. And finally, let's look at 
a useful case study. Freddie Frugal is 17, and through the generosity of kindly Uncle Fester, he now has a nice portfolio of $70,000, generating $3,000 a year in unearned income. And there's some interesting tax questions here. The first is, will any of the portfolio income be taxed at Uncle Fester's marginal rate? After all, Uncle Fester was the donor of the property. Well, remember now, Uncle Fester has parted with dominion and control of the securities, so he should not be subject to tax on the, this portfolio income. And the next question asks, well, which rate should it be? Uh, and in fact, it is going to be the parent's rate, even though it's not the parents who generated the funds that produced this net, uh, net unearned income. That may sound like a non-common sense result, but it's the first of many that you'll see along the way in this course. This concludes chapter four.